I'm just so used to your mm's, like in general. It's just making me laugh. <laughs> I know, but I keep hearing that, and I'm like, <laughs> you just no. like, oh my it feels like it's on a loop. You take my audio like track out track. of this podcast, and it's just me saying mm for like 40 minutes straight. <laughs> well, okay, it's it's similar to like I don't know if like either of you watch Markiplier, but he has this soundboard, and one of them that he has is goes you right, and I feel like Benji just has that, but with him just going mm. And it's just that um, he just hits a button every time while we're talking, because he's like, mm. yeah, just mm. yes. He sounds like one of the villagers from Minecraft. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, mm-hmm. should we introduce? Well. I shouldn't say your name before we introduce you, but would you like to introduce it's too yourself? Patty already said it. That's <laughs> um, true. I did yeah. say it. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. My name is Maddie. Um, I am a friend of Patty's and now Benji's. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, um, what what your... about? There we go. Oh, awkward. <laughs> what about if you feel comfortable sharing your age and what do you do oh. in college? <laughs> I am 19. I'm turning 20 in the spring and I am a psychology student and most of my like studies focus around autism and just like neuro like neurological things like that. Mm. So, yeah. Pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. What, so What is your favorite snack? My favorite snack. Oh gosh, I was I was expecting really serious questions. I know. This is, this is Sorry, um, this is how we introduce every episode. That is true. I, my favorite snack is probably uh white white cheddar Cheez-Its. Mm. Those are yes. really good. Very yes. good. Very Those good. Those are amazing. One hundred percent. Good choice. Very yes. good. Thank okay, you, elite two. snack choice. Everyone listening out there, this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about autism and like in general and in specific myself, I am a part of the spectrum of the autism spectrum disorder and Maddie is as well. So we're going to talk through some things about that too. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Really excited about this. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've some questions that you know hope to get some of your answers to um i have you know known patty for a while so i've like kind of known some of like the different tendencies of things but still a lot of it i'd love to hear more about and just learn a bit more of what it's like inside you know your mind and how i can better communicate with you and be a better friend overall so i'm excited about this I'm, I'm really for, excited for too. everyone to learn more about it. I was really excited when Patty approached mm-hmm. me because it's something a lot of people don't like a lot of people don't understand. And it's it can be really complicated, but all it takes is a few like simple questions and you can understand so much about how our brains work. So it's really yeah. fun. It is fun. Um, I find it interesting whenever I find another person in the spectrum because I feel like click right away. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like that that's really what happened between Maddie and I, which is really nice. Okay. So yeah. I just watched Hotel Transylvania actually and they talk about like the click, you know, the click that monsters do. 
was just thinking about that too. Okay. Back. Cartoons is one of my fixations, so we'll talk about that too. Um, We're going to define some things first. Um, So the first thing is autism spectrum disorder. Would you like Maddie to tell us about it? Yeah, I can go ahead and do that. So autism spectrum disorder, aka ASD, or simply just people just call it autism most of the time, is by definition, it's a neurological and a developmental disorder. um, And it affects how uh, people interact with each other and uh, how one learns and works on their stuff in daily life. So it is also it also affects how people uh, process emotions and uh, how they like perceive others. And um, for some, it even affects movement, like how you move your body. Mm. Um, and contrary to popular belief, it lasts through your entire life. Um, a child with autism is still going to grow up to be an adult with autism. Nothing changes there. Um, yeah. And but it's typically wow. diagnosed when you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes, really it. Very good. <laughs> okay. Um, I can talk about self-stimulation. It's what people commonly talk of stimming. It's a repetition of movements of, or sounds. Um, stimming is not just a symptom or a characteristic in ASD. Other neurodivergent people also experience stimming, um, like people with ADHD, ADD, things like that. Um, it can be a bouncing, a rocking, a movement of hands, um, scratching, picking, things like that. Um, for some people that have a harder time with movement, it could even um, potentially be um, accidentally harming themselves, like scratching too mm-hmm. much or things like that. Um, tapping, it's also a common one and things like that. Usually it has to do with um, the texture and how you perceive that. Um, mm-hmm. And these movements are related to um, emotions or moods. So if someone's really happy or really angry or really anxious or really sad, um, these are just um, like showing that these are, these emotions are happening um, through them. Okay. Mm. Yes. Would you like to talk about sensory sensitivity? Absolutely. So um, there are two types of sensitivity to uh, senses. So this includes like taste and touch, but the most common ones is typically touch and sound and light. So like how you see things. Um, So there's hyper and hyposensitive. So the more commonly like understood and talked about is hypersensitivity. And like I said, that typically has to do with lights and sounds. And so sometimes if a light is too bright or too overbearing, or there's too many sounds going on at once, or a sound is too loud, what it can do is it can cause somebody who has autism to kind of start to have, I, there's not really a way to really describe it. It's kind of similar to what some people would perceive a panic attack to be like. Um, at least for me, that's what it's like. Yeah. Um, and it just gets really overwhelming and it can be really scary because you start, like for me, I start hyperventilating. I start like getting just like really like scared and like worrying and like, yeah. And that's typically, um, something that happens often between uh, with people of autism and it's not quite understood as to why. Mm. Okay. 
And the last thing we're going to define is fixations. Um, this is also a thing that not only people in the spectrum can develop, um, a lot of neurodivergent people also have them. They are often called hyperfixations because it's something that you really, really, really enjoy and uh, do or mm -hmm. talk about or think about all the time. So these are things that like caught your interest and you just um, really excited about all the time. Um, growing up, I recognized them and I never really thought of them as like fixations. I just thought people would get excited about things all the time like I did. Mm -hmm. But these are just things mm -hmm. that you just really want to do constantly. Or um, for some people, for me at least, it is also listening to the same artists or watching the same movies or the same TV shows over and over again and things like that. Um, so, yeah, fixation is just very, very strong interest of you. Awesome. Um, yes. Cool. Thanks for those definitions and expanding on a lot of those things. Um, lots of stuff that... I wasn't entirely aware of, which is super helpful going into some questions um, and asking some more stuff. So if you guys are ready, I'm going to dive in with some questions about communication. Go ahead. Absolutely, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the first question is, like, what are what is a recent interaction that you've had with someone um, that was communicated differently or kind of changed somewhat because of um, your autism and how that, you know, interaction went. I have one in mind. First? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I need to think. <laughs> yes, don't worry. Um, so my mom is also on the spectrum. It is, by the way, just as a common thing. Usually if like a family, there's someone on the spectrum is very common that another person mm. is also in the family. So my mom and I are. But even between the two of us, we have very different traits as well. Um, so we are taking care of my friend's dog, right? I call her my dog, but she's with us right now. And so we take turns about like who's going to feed her, who's going to take her out, who's going to pick up her stuff, you know, and things like that. <laughs> and so hmm. my mom, it was my mom's turn to take her out and um, she always carries bags with her. Um, but this time she didn't. And so she's like, yelling from outside like hey bring me a bag and then i bring her one bag right she said bring me a bag so i go mm. and they take her one bag and then she's like why you didn't bring two and i was like what you said bring me a bag i brought you a bag mm. and then she's like yeah but i really thought that you would have understood that I meant two bags and I was like, how? And so this happens a lot between them. But like, this is just an example, mm -hmm. but it's like, do this thing. And then she's like, but do it this way. And I'm like, you didn't say that because sometimes in her head, she's like explaining me stuff that didn't happen. Like, and I do that to a lot of people and to her all the time. But it's just kind of funny because like simple things like that, like bring me two bags, but no. She said to bring mm -hmm. me a bag. And I took it literally. I took, I brought a bag, you know? So that's just a um, thing that's common between the two of us. Bring her the wrong things, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, for me, uh, the thing is, is, like, I guess every interaction and then also none of my interactions at the same time are affected by mm. it. Like, it's just got, like, it's just a common, like, thing for like communication to be a little funky but i think that the biggest like the most recent one and probably the one that happens the most often 
is when uh, somebody flirts with me, which I know is like a weird thing. But um, I guess the other day this guy came up to me and he was flirting with me and I just was like talking to him like a normal person. And he left and my friends were like, oh, my God, he's flirting with you. And I was like, he was. It's like I don't pick up on those kind of things unless you're extremely obvious about it, um, because I just am really bad with social context and perceiving Mm. emotions that are being sent my way. So unless you're very like obvious and extreme with emotions, I'm probably not going to be able to process what like is going on. And so that's really just the main one for me that happens a lot being in college is like, I don't understand when somebody's like, if somebody's like passive aggressive with me, I don't get it. Like, I'm like, you Mm -hmm. gotta like, just like be in my face about it. And then I'll be like, Oh, they're upset. Like it's mostly those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Yeah. That happens to me a lot too. I think thinking back into college, I did not, or I wasn't aware about like social context like that. And I didn't think about, Mm -hmm. you know, this is autism you know this is my brain but Mm -hmm. so many things would have made more sense like relationships with friends with professors and things like that would have gotten so much smoother Mm -hmm. if i'd known Mm -hmm. if i would just been straightforward about it or if they had been straightforward about it so Mm -hmm. i definitely get that too that's really cool exactly great examples from both of you um we kind of touched on this a little bit of like kind of the traits i think for patty is like um a little bit with like very literal responses or things like that um, and social cues and stuff like that. Um, How would you describe the traits for you specifically? Yeah, so I was, everyone was taking this test on the TL and Twitter the other day (laughs) about like what were their like biggest traits, like autism related and all this Mm. stuff like, I'm not autistic, but I have ADHD, so this makes sense, and, like, things like that. So Mm. I took it, too, and I was like, your autism traits are, like, really high, and I'm like, no kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think my biggest is probably fixations and, um, like, stimming, I think. Um, Because I do get pretty anxious about things, um where are some other mm. things i do not pick on social cues but i think i am really good at observing people and like mm. you know i might be faking it and that's this is what the children just getting the people call masking which is you know mm-hmm. hiding your traits from people um, mm. i'm really good at that and i think that's why i'm a really good teacher actually um but fixations mm. are probably my biggest i can like focus on one thing and that'll be like my thing for like years i've literally had like my favorite artist since i was like 11 years old um of music um Mm. i gone through like stages where for example i carried this stuffed dog from ages like what like seven to like 12 i literally took it to school okay it was on my backpack all day but i just had to carry that dog mm. with me the dog's name was christmas that was a dog's name just had <laughs> oh, to put that name. out there what a great dog's name <laughs> yeah i know it's just it was like like white and red like kind of cute but by the end of it it wasn't white i promise you that thing was not <laughs> it was so bad um and like mm. random things like that like i would wear 
like this specific type of hats a lot. Mm. Um, I go through like stages of like types of shoes that I want to wear. So like I had, I would only wear Vans and then I would only wear this stuff. And now I'm just wearing sandals. I just wear sandals. Mm. Okay. And like things like that. So it's like really random stuff that's like very specific and I'm not maybe talking about it, but I'm constantly thinking about it um, and things Mm. like that. Um, So Mm. that's for fixations. Um, But then stimming and I didn't realize until like I stopped like, caring about what people would say whenever I act out and it was kind of easier with um isolation because there was no one to like judge me right so I could like do whatever um but when I get really happy I get like this super um like loud noises Benji knows the noises I get like super like weird squeals coming from me but I also realized that I shake my hands a lot and I have to like grip on things. And I didn't know I'd like to do that until I was watching a TV show with my mom and I was getting really excited about it. And I was like hitting everything, like gra- like getting onto my bed and like grabbing things. And I was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just really excited. And they're just like, what? <laughs> so those are probably my two biggest traits. Mm. Um, and my lowest ones might be um, I, it's kind of a prejudice against autistic people, I think, but aggression, it is commonly thought to be like a big autistic thing. It is not mm. for me. And I'm honestly not met a lot of people that have it either, but mm. yeah, I guess that's my lowest. Nice. Um, so I guess my turn to talk about that. So I also, uh, took that test, but, uh, I also didn't just take this test. So how I found out I had autism was I did this big, long neuropsych evaluate- evaluation, which was about 16 hours long. Dang. And yes, excruciating. Um, and I took all these different tests that talked about like my mood and like it basically it was like these really like simple tasks like I had, a, mm. you know, you know, the, the where you have to put the shapes like the block into the hole yes. that matches yeah yeah i had to do that with like my eyes closed and what? uh i had to do yeah i do these random things like this and at the end of the uh, of the two days because we split it over two sessions because no person's going to be able to sit for 16 hours and do these yeah. weird tasks uh they told me all these little things about my brain so um similar to patty uh aggression is not a big thing for me mm. um i don't get really upset and I don't get really mad about things um I do have I'm surprisingly fixations are low in the fact that I don't have a lot of fixations but I I have very like few but the things I do have I'm really really passionate about and that Mm. sometimes gets perceived as aggression even though it's not I'm just like really like excited or happy about something Mm. so um I yeah I know Patty has a lot of fixations um I'm not as yes into fixations I yeah I just have a few um I guess a a common thing amongst uh people with autism is uh flat speech or just like being very like normal I like monotone um which is something that I do not have and sometimes I wish I do because I get told often that I'm too excited about things and I need to 
calm down. Me too. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm sorry I, I'm enjoying myself. Um, mm. But I think the biggest thing for me is um, when it comes to stimming, I have suppressed it, but then also at, like the one, okay. So I do have ADHD, which is um, common amongst people with autism to also have something like ADHD. So there are things that I've just considered fidgeting, um, mm. like bouncing my leg a lot um, and I like tap on things. Um, so those have become kind of normal, but those are more like socially normal. Like most people are like, okay with that. Um, but people mm. aren't okay with like the other Sims. So when I get really excited, which I, Patty, I think saw the video, but when I first heard uh, Bummerland by AJR, I got yes. really, really excited. And I started yes. jumping around and I like flap my hands a lot and I like, like just get like all like squeaky and stuff similar yes. to like what Patty was saying. Um, mm -hmm. But like those aren't considered like okay. So I usually like suppress those a lot, which can be mm. very detrimental. Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, I when I get anxious, I do uh, what I call jazz hands because they're similar to the action of jazz hands. I mm. just kind of like <laughs> shake like my, my hands at the wrists like a lot and I like, I um. I like rock back and forth, which is uh, a, a more common stim as well as just rocking. Mm. Um, some people just do it for that's just a normal thing for them. Other than that, I don't know. Um, apparently, um, anxiety and depression are a big one for people. Um, like that's how some people with autism, that's where it most manifests is extreme highs and extreme mm. lows. Mine just happened to be more extreme lows. But um, yeah, kind of what, what Patty was saying with masking is that's a thing I've become used to and I've kind of gained a good control on is masking and understanding like how to like, it's almost like you're playing like, like you're copying people. You can like see somebody act a certain way and you kind of start acting like them to make yourself look yeah. quote unquote normal. And mm. that's become something I've been trying to stop because it it can be uh, very detrimental to um, your health because you're just sitting here and you're suppressing your, it's like your whole entire being is you're mm. basically yeah. pretending to be someone else. So um, yeah, I've become good at masking even though I'm trying to, break that habit as well it's so yeah. hard oh my goodness i mm. yeah talking about masking i was talking to who was my roommate in college for like three years and we were talking about like all the things that i picked up from her but i stopped doing it after we stopped living together because she's very very outgoing very 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 extroverted and she's like such a people person and like she's so much fun like i loved living with her but everyone thought that I was an extrovert. Everyone thought that I was like all these things that she is. Um, mm -hmm. And so they just thought, oh, look at them. Like they're both like the same kind of personality. But later on, I was like, no, I picked up these things from her because as soon as I stopped living with her, I was like on my apartment by myself all the time. Like I would spend breaks by myself and I was fine being <laughs> by myself. And I was mm -hmm. just like vibing to music by myself and stuff like that and like not. And people would be like, they're okay, like, they're depressed or something. And I was like, just fine. It's just like doing my own thing. Um, mm. But I realized this because my roommate was kind of like that. So I had to kind of be like that too, which is not like mm. a 
bad thing necessarily. It's just it gets tiring, you know, because I'm really not an extroverted person. But yeah, mm. it is so how, hard. How recently have you guys like become more, I guess, kind of aware and like trying to change the patterns? Because um, I think I've heard this from both of you now, where like, yeah, you have a tendency tendency to mask or to like stim in a certain area and you're like trying to you know fight against it and um, let things be like freer and more authentic um okay so for me i was diagnosed when i was about 15 or 16 i can't remember the exact age which Mm. is a lot later than it is for most people a lot of them are usually diagnosed as a child um but uh I remember once I found out I had ASD in high school, I I feel like that almost made it worse because I wanted to suppress it as much as I could mm. um, and suppress anything that made me seem like I had ASD because mm. I knew that that was going to be something I was going to be made fun of. And um, mm. so I somehow I would like go home and I uh, started doing like more research about ASD and learning more about it. And I'd be like, oh, that's why I do this. So let's not do that in public <laughs> because that's going to get us bullied and made fun of because mm. uh, I was very insecure about it. But it wasn't until I started coming to college where I finally started to let myself, um, you know, be like I'd be able to stim in public now. I'm able to, mm. you know, kind of have those moments that are not quote unquote like typical or normal because I'm like honestly like I've just kind of reached the point where I'm like it's bad for me to stop myself from doing this so I've just kind of gotten into the habit of you know just kind of being more open about it I'm I'm not super open a lot of my friends don't know that I have autism but that's Mm. because in fear I'm afraid of telling them because I know that there's going to be some of them who are going to treat me differently and not in a good way they're going to be like oh like they're weird she's weird but in reality Mm. it's like I'm the same person (laughs) it's just now maybe like you'll understand more so but other than that I usually try to just kind of I stop like fighting the urges I have and like I just try to you know just let myself be free and exist Mm. I don't know what it's like for Patty so it's Mm. it's I was talking to Benji about this before so I was what I called softly, like soft diagnosed, which is like my brother was in like the doctor for like something else. But then they approached my parents like, hey, like your kid. And I was like five or six. Like your kid is like really shy and your kid is this and this. Like she might have autism. And as the conservative Christians, they were at the time. And it's like, no. That thing's from the mm. devil. They cannot have that, you know, that kind of thing. And it's still kind of like that for, like, a lot of people that I know. And so my mom taught me really well how to, like, you know, be out there when it was needed. Like, I still freak out if I had to, like, order pizza over the phone. But I'll do it, you know. And and mm. she would, like, push me to do things. And so for, like, the longest time, they thought that I was cured from it. Like, I didn't have autism anymore. Um, but it wasn't until I went to therapy in college that like I kind of like I think I said it like maybe it's because you know I'm in the spectrum and then my therapist was like huh 
that makes a lot of sense. And then they started to like explain me some things, and I was like, hold mm. on, <laughs> like I didn't think this was like <laughs> actually a thing. Um, because in my head, like nobody had told me, you know, autistic kids become autistic adults. So I hadn't really think mm. about it. Um, but I think it was really until like quarantine started. Because I remember my school where I work in, we have a whole week dedicated to like neurodivergence and like talking about different kinds of brains and different abilities and things like that, which is like really cool. Mm. Um, but I remember sharing on social media about it and someone commenting oh you have it all like because i talk about a lot of like different things you know when i went through depression when like i'm a refugee and like things like like mm. all the things that i have gone through and they like were making the joke the only thing that you are not is like a teenager mom and i was like you know 22 years old and like i don't know like what was the point like i, I can be different things like intersectionality like that's a thing um but I was like, I felt so bad. Like I, I, to I took the post down and I didn't share about it until like super mm. recently because I felt so shut down. And it wasn't until I started to read a little bit more about it, start quarantine, that I've been more like letting myself be and like, like that stimming thing that happened to me watching the TV show. That was like the first time I like actually left it all. Cause I usually like squeal and like be really happy, but the like, going for things and like tapping really hard and like touching things I had never done that and it felt so good it felt so nice and so mm. um but yeah it's it's a very recent thing for me because a lot of it was suppressed a lot of it was like no Patty you are a normal kid and I'm like normal yeah. <laughs> like what's normal you know so interesting it's been a journey <laughs> yeah so knowing about it early I guess like being aware is really, really important from what I'm like hearing. Um, and I think that's pretty rare in, cause I think what male children are like diagnosed earliest, right? But then like non-binary yeah. and female children are like less diagnosed, is that correct? It's often? because we have yeah. different traits, I think. Yeah, so uh, autism typically manifests differently in those who are uh, female or like biologically female in this case, um, than it does who that over those who are male. And this mm. also is because, um, you know, it is more acceptable for uh, girls to be shy and to be reserved mm. and to be the quiet types. And is also very normal for, uh, uh, and so that that's a typical one with kids is you know noticing that the kid is shy and like more shy than a normal like shy kid, and so that's a lot of times why um, girls are diagnosed so late because mm -hmm. we've we have this perception that oh it's normal they're shy you know they just are really quiet, um, but in reality um, it's also um, a thing that for a while there was this kind of thought that only boys could have autism and so there is this point in time where finally someone realized that no this is not just a, a, a gender specific thing this can affect people of all genders and all ages and that was finally mm. when uh people it, it wasn't until the late i want to say 70s and 80s when people finally started to Dang. put research into looking at autism in women and autism in girls and uh mm -hmm. understanding how it works for them and that's why more and more 
uh, girls and women and those who are non-binary, gender non-conforming have uh, been able to be diagnosed. Yeah, but it's not even like, see, like 15, 16, that's early for a girl or for another person mm-hmm. to get diagnosed if they ever get diagnosed like formally because yeah. there's a lot of like maybe they don't maybe they do kind of thing um mm-hmm. it's a lot of things can happen yeah hmm. interesting yeah we've i guess so i have kind of one last question um, I think we've gone over actually a lot of the other things I had. Yes, I am <laughs> um, following through your stuff. So yes, <laughs> I think the other, <laughs> the very last thing is just so with Patty. She mentioned this earlier, and it's I've seen it myself, and it's really incredible where she like has an ability to teach like or communicate really really well. Um, and it's curious what sort of things like do you see in your life because of autism, um, like positive aspects of it. And you can expand on the teaching thing, Patty, if you like. Yeah. So I think that growing up masking actually helped me or has helped me um, in my teaching skills just because I'm really good at putting myself at the student level because I pick up on their behavior to like the point of copying it very well Hmm. that I understand like what's the best way to approach that specific student. So if I have a student that because most of my students are pretty confident with, like, they tell me a lot of stuff. It's pretty amazing. And they, like, talk to me a lot. Um, but um, if they don't interact with me that much, then I have a harder time explaining to that specific student. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, that's helped me. And then, I mean, with fixations, like, literally numbers and math has been my fixation, mm-hmm. which is kind of like this thing where people think that either autistic people are really good or really bad at like some like science and math specifically um but because Mm. i have a really big interest in patterns and science in general it was just really easy for me to like absorb all that information and like doing it like for what for nothing i just did it for fun you know um Mm -hmm. and so i think those are the two biggest things i think for me uh, for me, I am absolutely awful at math and uh, anything that has to do with calculating in numbers, which uh, Patty knows very well, as I will scream at them in DMs about how stupid my math classes are. They do. Okay. Um, it's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I'm like, I hate math. Math offends me. And they're like, math's not that bad. I'm like, math is awful. Um, but uh, it, it, math is awful, and I stand by that. <laughs> sorry, I'm not gonna comment. Sorry, I'm not gonna comment. That's <laughs> a good cry um, in the corner. Um. So, for me, I mean, I'm bad at picking up on emotions directly. It seems like so. If somebody's mad at me, somebody's um, mm. upset with me about something, somebody's flirting with me, I don't pick up on that. But I pick up on more, you know, the emotions that people tend to try to hide. So when somebody's mm. really anxious, somebody's really like having a hard time, um, I'm able to pick up on that. It could be somebody across the room. I can be able to like, I can tell that they're, you know, that they're struggling with something. So if they're getting really anxious about being in public, I have this ability to just know that like, okay, I'm going to go like help them. And it happens mm-hmm. with my friends a lot. We'll be out. And then all of a sudden I look over at my friend and 
they look like they're about to have like a panic attack. And I'm like the first person who's like, okay, let's get you out of here. Let's move you away from whatever it is. But uh, the second you try to like be like, like passive aggressive with me, I'm like, I don't, I, I do not see, I do not <laughs> understand what you're doing. Um, and then for hyperfixation, so music is a big one for me. I've always been so drawn to music. Um, and while that doesn't really help me much in life, uh, like I like it to Patty, like uh, it helped them excel with math and science yeah. in school. It didn't really do that for me because math wasn't something I, or music wasn't important in school. Um, it has helped me a lot with kind of um, learning to sit with myself and kind of understand myself more because I can sit and, you know, focus on my instruments and, you know, that kind of helps me get into a better headspace. And usually after I'm done with that, I kind of like I reflect over like the thoughts that were processing in my head. And mm. that has helped me a lot. And music has also just, you know, helped me meet a lot of new people. I mean, it was through AJR that I met Patty. And so yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have been so invested in AJR if it wasn't for the musicality. And then I wouldn't mm. have, you know, made uh, fan accounts and met Patty and met some of my closest friends. So I think mm. that's probably like the biggest one for me. Oh, Shout so cool. out to AJR. Just kidding. We're gonna, you guys are going to get there. <laughs> and what instruments do you play out of curiosity? Uh, and they play it really well. They like, I am blessed with snaps all the time. <laughs> God bless. Um, so I play saxophone. That was the first Ooh. instrument I ever really uh, learned how to play. Uh, I play alto saxophone. I've been playing that since I was about nine. So about 10 years now. Um, I play guitar. I play ukulele. Uh, ukulele is my newest, my newest little interest of mine. Just got it over uh, quarantine this summer. They um, picked it up I so sing. fast. I was so impressed. <laughs> so impressed. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool. And um, I like to sing. I'm not the best at singing because I've never had professional lessons, but I like to sing. Um, I play a wee bit of piano. I can mm. play like a tiny bit of some like basic drum stuff and uh, basic violin. Uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> like, what? I play, yeah, it's basic, it's something but, like, I love. way better than me. <laughs> okay. No, basic as in like I can play like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And, yeah, like, I cannot um, play anything. <laughs> and like uh, what is Ode to Joy? I once learned that by accident. Mm. I was messing around and I was like, oh, look. I, I accidentally learned Ode to Joy on the violin. Accidentally. My band teacher's like, how do you accidentally learn? <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> it yes. just happened, okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm, I'm trying to figure out in my head, logistically, how we can all grab our ukulele and uh, play together on this podcast. But that oh might be Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, I'm at my friend's house, and they have this, like, cute ukulele. It's cute, but it doesn't sound really well, so I don't think we should do it because mm. it's <laughs> That's really nice. Maybe another so, time. Yeah. We just do an outro of just all of us playing. Like, we all go one, two, three, and then just Honestly, play a random let's chord. try it. Um, oh, my but gosh. I, I'm going to have one, one question before that. Um, really appreciate those responses. Super incredible. So cool. Like, how that's making the world better. So exciting. Um, what could I do, like, to be a better friend, to better communicate, be more understanding? Um, I don't know, Patty, you got, you got any, you got any answers to that? Yeah. Um, so 
I'm thinking this is like from the teacher perspective because mm. I mean, I I have very different kinds of students, right? And mm. it's just good for people to know at least the basics of things. It takes time, but I've seen like the younger generation like being more interested about things. I mean, it's not everyone, and it certainly changes mm. from country to country. Um, but I'm really amazed at how people can just pick up on something and like get educated on that, right? Like sustainability, mm. voting, Black Lives Matter, all this kind of stuff. They're just like learning about about it. Um, but you know, neurodivergence is just still kind of a taboo mm. thing out there. Yeah. Um, so just let's start talking more about it. Like if there's nothing weird. If we normalize like going to therapy, because going to mm. therapy is perfectly fine. It's a great thing. Yes. Let's also talk about the things that just never leave us, you know, yeah. like autism and ADD and ADHD and all these things that are just part yeah. of who we are. And, it's, mm. you know, um, and so what I do and I'm grabbing you, Benji, as an example, because you're my closest friend. Um, but um, oh, just honored. listening through my thought process of <laughs> when we have a disagreement, you know, um, mm. maybe there's like some current some kind of miscommunication or, you know, some other thing or I was having like a rough time and I, I didn't pick up on it. You didn't pick up on it or like whatever, you know. Um, so just, you know, mm. listen, because I know it's hard um, to get, go through something and people don't stop to like try to understand what your brain is going through because you might not be able to do anything about it. But I feel better that, you know, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's like a big thing for me from the teacher perspective, mm. trying to get into my students' brains. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell them Very that similar. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar to like what Patty was saying. It's just, it's just, it's patience. And it's, you know, yeah. uh, like I was saying, I don't tell everybody that I have autism because it is something that uh, people do kind of, uh, they don't treat me with respect after they find out even though i'm the same person before and after i tell them um but when i do tell you this is for anybody who when this i'm i'm sure it goes for a lot of people with autism to just kind of sit and have a conversation like we're doing right now and ask those mm. questions ask you know and for each person it's different there's not going to be like yeah. one thing that patty and i were talking about the other day was i hate being touched I hate physical touch and it is something that really upsets me when like somebody like even somebody could just tap on my shoulder I get like really just like filled mm. with like negative emotions and I don't know why and that's a common thing for some people with autism but on the other side there's also people who love being uh who love like like, hugs and they love you know yes. being all touchy-feely mm. and if you want to know how to go about that just sit and ask questions I mean if anything mm. Like a lot of people who are neurodivergent or have, you know, some sort of uh, disorder or something in their brain, all you have to do is sit and ask these questions, say, how can I, or how, what happens in this kind of a situation? How can I help? And I'm more than glad to be like, okay, so if I start doing this, then uh, this is like what's happening. And communication, understand that that is something that we struggle with and that is something that is hard. We're not going to pick up on those social cues mm. unless you're extremely obvious about it. Sometimes I lack um, empathy towards certain situations because I don't understand what's going on. And it's just being patient and realizing that not everyone 
functions the same way you do and just you know sitting and having a chat and you know talking with one another about how your brains work so you can when those speed bumps do come you can lessen them because in all honestly you're never gonna have uh, there's no way that you can communicate perfectly you're always going to have some sort of miscommunication in there you're always going to have some sort of little roadblock but there is ways that you can get over that quicker if you just you know sit and talk and you know take the time out of your guys's days to understand each other yeah that's all the questions i had cool um, should Incredible I? Should you? This is really cool. Say, I've learned a lot. What is our name? Whenever, Holy whenever cow. I saw the name of this thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are we called? We're something friends. We're Apollo friends. Okay. okay. The Apollo um, friends. <laughs> thanks for listening. Awkward. Should I do it? Do you want to do it? I'll do, do it. it. Do I'll it. Start. Do okay. it. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for hanging out with us for the last um, 40 minutes. We're Apollo friends. My name is Benji Gosen. I am Patti Morales. And our guest. <laughs> and I'm Maddie. <laughs> and Thanks you're watching listening. Disney Channel. <laughs> and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just now? We've been playing. We've been playing. Wow. Yeah, okay, excuse me. I was stuck in my closet. Oh, yeah, that's, that's his recording <laughs> studio. It's inside his closet. <laughs> oh, wow. I am like, in like some tune, actually. <laughs> two foot by three foot space. <laughs> I got really hot in here. No. I think mine's out of two. seriously yes this is really fun this is actually like really exciting so i i enjoyed this